Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 60 of the Home Ice Advantage. Uh, it's game five here in the playoffs. We've got uh, a 5 1 Canes victory here at home. Uh, Colin, instant reactions. If anything, I'm just like a proud father after the Canes took only three penalties in game five, and two out of the three were complete bullshit calls after giving Boston 16 calls in the previous two games combined. So I'm, I'm just really happy we're getting back to the game. Yeah, it was definitely a weird couple games. Um, so a lot going into this game, right? So first you had this uh, Tony D'Angelo, who I didn't think was out of line. Um. Part of his game is his bark. Like, that's part of why we brought him here, you know? Um, there's clearly been – so the Canes, there's, like, two legitimate, like, ro- every team has, like, roster construction issues, right? So uh, the, the legitimate claims or issues you could have with the Hurricanes roster last year was that they don't have a true top ten guy. You know, like I, I think they have like depth, depth, depth. That's all fine and dandy, but they don't have an a like an elite of the elite guy. Which it it's hard to find cup winners. There's two. I'd say the Blues recently in us in '06 since the Cap era who who have done that. Um, you could argue that the Kings were like Kopitar wasn't a like true blue guy like that was kind of like that's kind of what I think we're trying to build here is a king's situation and uh, we're not a particular we weren't I didn't think a particularly snarly team Um, and I think that's why like there are a lot of guys who do what Max Domi does I think that's part of why he was brought here I think uh, well in the post game we'll talk about Tony's performance in a little bit but um, you know the media tried to give Tony D'Angelo shit about his behavior in game four, which I thought was fine. You know, I didn't think he did anything out of line. And, uh, and then they asked Rod in the post game, he had talked about it. And he was like, yeah, I told him what to rip, especially bar down. So this is why you brought these guys in. So the media going after Tony on that was interesting. And then for, for our listeners, Colin, break down the Charlie Coyle situation. The Coyle situation? Or the um, I wrote Coyle, but it's Charlie Coyle and Charlie McAvoy. I do that mentally all the time. So the McAvoy thing is interesting, but not actually. Um, two days ago, before Game Three, I'm sorry, before Game Four, he tested positive with COVID. You know, you hate to see it. You never want a player to get injured. You never want them to be sick. But silver lining, he misses the game, and I don't remember the exact new COVID policy for the NHL, but it's supposed to be that you have to be asymptomatic and clear two tests. And I believe they have to be exactly 24 hours apart, or I should say no less than 24 hours apart. Yeah. Yeah. And McAvoy did not pass two of the tests, but that's not even the really bothersome part to me. Like if they were just going to ignore it, they could have just ignored it. To be clear on that, too, he was asymptomatic and passed a PCR test and got a doctor's note, basically. Yeah. And, again, good for him if he's not sick. But 
they didn't like fly him out here on like the team plane. They had to charter a private plane for him. And when he was doing media availability, he was running a 95 mask. And I guess like if he's sick, he's sick. But you know, it's going to be very upsetting if a day from now, Andre Svechnikov has COVID or fuck Freddie Anderson's ready to return. But guess who has COVID now? Yeah, I don't think and that's what was kind of annoying about it to me and what you just touched on is like if he's healthy enough to play then put him on the the plane. And if he's healthy enough to play, I guess I kind of get the N95 either way cuz maybe now he might just be personally more like uh one of the funny funnier things about COVID because I know several people who couldn't have given less of a fuck about COVID and got it, and then like were much more serious about it because it's it, it, it's still shitty to get it. Like it's bad, like a bad like cold or the ba- a bad flu still sucks. And uh, and then I know people who were like like taking their clothes off and like putting on new clothes when they came back from the store who got it and then became like total like they'd make out with their neighbor. Like, they, like, just couldn't care less. So that may be part of it with the N95 mask. But if he's on a different plane, like, if it's, if it's all of those things combined, like you said, he's still on the ice with these guys. So it either matters or it doesn't matter. Yeah. And I don't know, with the private plane, maybe they left earlier. It looked like he did get to the building later. So maybe he needed another hour to get clearance on this or this, that, and the third. I don't know. It wasn't great, but what was great, Colin, 5-1 final. Uh, and we touched on this. Tony D'Angelo took this game over. Tony D'Angelo in the playoffs is on a whole different level. Like, I'm, you know, I don't have to describe who Tony D'Angelo is. If you're listening to this podcast, you get what he is. He's a South Jersey guy. But the, his emotions, the way he's played, the way he's interacted with the media – the way I mean, the way he's interacted with Boston players, it's all it's all been top notch. It's all been hyper entertaining, hyper good for the game. Like I I liked TDA before postseason. I'm I might be like TDA super fan. Yeah, I, I just think that um he's played really well. One of the things that I've kind of walked away from this series is and we're going to talk about the one home return later on in the pod, but I don't think I don't think McAvoy Winholm can even kind of compete with uh, with D'Angelo Slavin because I thought Slavin had an incredible game too. I thought Ronsa Ronsa it, it it's it's been a weird series where I feel like except for game three or maybe four, those kind of bleed together in my mind. Uh, like the hurricanes have consistently lost somewhere between the first five and 10 minutes of the first period. And uh, they've also scored first every time. And it just feels like that hasn't mattered. I thought this was another one where they were good early. Like they had a, a couple of good little flurries and, um, and Ronta, held him in he's been really good yeah 
he has been. Well, do you like so the big media story here around TDA is that he's going to blow up and get ejected from a game or face a suspension because he can't control his ankle. And I'm ninety seven thousand percent sure I know your answer to this. Are you concerned at all that TDA is going to lose his temper and cost us a game or a series? Uh. Kind of, but in the same way that, like, ask Bruins fans if they're worried about it with Marchand. But that's part of having those guys. And I don't think – I think a big deal was made about the stick throw. I thought his answer was, like, like it's prickish, but they're being assholes to each other because that's their game, and they don't like each other. So I'm not super-duper worried about it. I worry about him with, like, I worry about him catching, like, an unsportsman, like, to, like, make it a four, like, a double minor kind of thing. Or, like, um, those are the kind of things I'm worried about for him. But they haven't, as long as you're not headbutting people, shout out to Nurse, who got suspended, uh, you've been fine you're just except everybody's getting fine so i'm not super worried about him losing his temper this is just part of those guys uh people were ready to to write this story and um you know oh here they've activated the perfection line and people do not like tony d'angelo and this was just like the pre-built narrative I read one of the athletic beat writers for the Bruins wrote about how uh, Bruce Cassidy was out coaching, uh, out coaching uh, Rob Brunmore, which I don't think is at all. Yikes! What's happened here? And and I wanted to actually talk to you about this. Um, so I, I went after this game, and I was just kind of curious. I looked exclusively at five v five goals versus every other type of goal. Right, so the Hurricanes have scored 19. The Bruins have scored 13. Of the Hurricanes, 19 goals, 10. So yeah, I did some research into kind of the five one because the the story has been not just in this series, but really throughout the entire playoffs, is there's been a ton of power plays called, which it, it, it people are like we live in such a like hot take culture. Remember last year where, like, not enough penalties were called and it was ruining the game and you should just call the penalties. And now they're calling penalties and people are like, what are you doing? It's the playoffs. Yeah. It's I like all the penalties I fucking wanted, not the yeah. rule book. Come on. Well, people, people generally don't look back on their, like – their team getting away with penalties if they lose, right? So if they get away with one and you got away with like a hold earlier, you kind of just forget that hold and you're like, wow, you know, Connor McDavid should have drawn that play. But I don't know. I, I don't care. I, 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 it just kind of is what it is. It's so hard. Like you're always going to find something to complain about. But the Hurricanes have scored 19 goals through their these five games. Five the total, and twelve of those have been five on five, and then the Bruins have scored thirteen goals total, and then seven of those have been five on five. Uh, 
you can like it, so I'm I removed empty nets and all that. You've got Hurricanes win four one five one five game one tied two two, um, even strength in game two win game three two one. That's kind of cheating. There's an asterisk on that one. Uh, that's the one with the shorthanded goal, which isn't technically five on five, but you know whatever. And then game four you were two two. And then in this game, you were 2-1. So they actually haven't, in a game, scored. Even if you give them that game three shorty, they have not outscored you 5-5. Five five. So if you stay out of the box, you're in a really good place. I thought, like you said, proud Papa, you're going to take penalties in a game. I think three appears to be the magic number. That if you if it's three or less penalties – you're going to win. You're going to win the game. I think that's really important moving forward. Do you have anything else to add about the game? Not specifically, but just to touch on the the penalty things really quick. I actually saw a lot about how uh, the PK had been jinxed. Everyone kept saying it was the best in the league, and we had been jinxed, we had been jinxed, we had been jinxed, and it's not going to be the same. And that's just fucking stupid. Like, no, when you give them nine penalties in a game, guess what? They're going to cash one of those in, no matter how good you are. So, yeah, yeah, I think I think too to piggyback on that, a lot of the like the PK hasn't been as good. It's not only the number; they had multiple power plays that were like extended five on threes, and then they scored. Uh, there was one where they scored at the very end of it. There was one of the five on three. There was one where they scored with another like twenty seconds and a four on five. So that stuff just is what it is. Um, I, I think the PKs looked really good. I think it looked really good tonight. Um, so whatever there, what what do you think of? Uh, there's been a lot of smoke blown Jarvis's way. I think so. Jarvis is a fucking badass. Like there's no other way to say it. That that man has the cojones of maybe um, Rocky Baboa. Like uh, seriously, this kid is 20 years old. He was expected to play in the juniors at the beginning of the season. And he throws his body into those boards as if he's Jordan Stahl, which he's not. Like, not in a joking way. He legitimately might be half the size of Jordan Stahl. And this man is going up against anyone and doing everything he can to get points, to score goals, to win games. He's the ultimate representation of what Rod wants to build or has built, I guess. Yeah, and it always worries me with him just because guys like that age in dog years. Yeah, fair enough. And a lot of his game comes from being very fast. But I think he's played well. He's been a key piece of the depth scoring, I think, because he – I feel like him, Trotrek, and Nita Ryder, and there's a lot riding on them for that depth scoring, right? Uh, I think the three of them and then, like – a little bit like like Tony D'Angelo has helped in this regard as well. I think there's instead of like like I don't think any of them have been consistent in point production through five games, which is a small sample window, sure. But I feel like th- there's enough of them now where everybody's just kind of like taking a turn. So we've had two games where Trocheck was really good. We've had two teams where and and some of these do overlap, right? We've had a couple games where I thought Niederreiter was incredible. I don't think he's had any bad games, but there's obviously there's 
lethal Nita Ryder and there's solid Nita Ryder, right? And you're never yeah. going to get any worse than solid. But when you get lethal, we're a problem. And then I think uh, Jarvis has been another, he's kind of covered up because there were games where they just, both of them wouldn't be there for like that goal he scored that bullshit goal where he like he called it like a complete you know fluke like it just like you know bounced off like 12 things it was like a what do they call them the, like goldberg the the little trap machines or whatever like he just kind of got there he's become a key piece of, of the scoring depth and i know that's like duh obviously but i'm talking specifically the playoffs he's become a key just one extra guy I think you have post two, if I recall. I yeah, and Nito. I would also add has also been very like I shouldn't say very good, but when Nito needs to put in the work on the boards, I would rather no one else. Like that man fights for it and has been fighting for it. So game six in Boston, it looks like there's a couple moving pieces there. Rod came out today or last night, it was basically like, I'm not answering Freddie Anderson questions until he practices. So it, it doesn't sound like that's imminent in this round, even if it goes to seven. Um, it looks like Swayman is going to start game six. I didn't think he played particularly great um, last night, but I do wonder if for them, it's like, this kid's the future, we're just going to run it. See what's what. Uh. I mean, I don't know. This is like their last ride. I don't understand why you would do that. But yeah, I can see it. Well, and Olmark's, Olmark's not like such an improvement either. But if you're them, you're like, well, this is a pretty minimal difference probably. And is it worth it to give this kid the extra ice time versus Olmark? You know, so I, I kind of get it, I guess. Um, another thing as well, it looks like, uh, Lynn Holm is coming back for the Bruins. Shout out to him. Concussions suck. Um, I, I guess they could pull out Wagner or Grizzly. I didn't think Grizzly looked, I, I think he took a couple penalties. One of them may have been the retaliatory. So, I don't, but I thought he looked kind of bad, uh, game five. So I wonder if he won't. And I think. Uh, Wagner or whoever, number 14 for them. I think he's played like pretty well. So I don't know what's going on there. It'll, it'll be interesting to see predictions for game six. Go. I mean, I, I feel like I predicted this series to end in six. So I'm going to stick with that. Okay. I don't, I don't know if we're going to stick to the game plan. I think that game Three and four made that very clear. So if we do win, it's going to be close. But I'm, I'm sticking with a game six victory. Yeah, I think it's got to be. You just don't want to, you know, great city, great fan base, great organization. This should have been over already. Um, You don't want to keep like this team is good. They're a hundred point team. Something that I've like talked about and thought about a lot recently is coming out of the East this year is fucking suicide. I mean, or suicide. It's fucking, it's, it's, it's an all out war. Look at the caps who everybody, I may have made this point already. I don't remember if I was talking to 
uh, one of my buddies, if I was talking to you guys, but everybody clowned the Caps. I didn't have what it, I'm, I'm gonna cheat and look at our predictions. I, mean, I, I definitely had, clowned the Caps, <laughs> yeah. I had the Panthers in five instead of you, and they're really a quarter of an inch to the right from being up 3 1 going to Florida, yeah. So, um, the East is really, really hard this year. I think it would be devastating for the Canes to lose this after being up 2-0 and being up 3-2. But I don't think there's a lot of shame in anybody not winning the East this year, especially because this is not an all-in year for the Hurricanes. Yeah, I, and here's the, here's the problem, and uh, I guess a little inside baseball. Us going into the arena for game five was uh, as if it's the last home game of the year. Because it could have been. Because that's kind of hockey. Sometimes you don't get the bounce. And then the next game, if you also don't get the bounce, you're fucked. So it's totally possible to go to Boston tomorrow. Yeah. To well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting at that you cannot play game seven. That's what I'm saying. It, yeah. It's totally possible that we shit the bed tomorrow. We, they come home and they beat us. Like, we're not invincible. Yeah, you, you you have to win game six. It does feel like if the Hurricanes can go up 2-0, we're much faster than the Bruins. If you can go up two goals and you're out of the box, it's probably over. Right? Knock on wood, all the respect in the world. Great fan base, great city, great organization, great players. Uh, I feel like that has to be... The goal doesn't it feel like the Bruins are guaranteed to score first though as well? Isn't there going to be some like fucking Marchand goal with like seven in the first or something like that? I mean, they might get a greasy goal, but no, I don't think they're due to go for. Because they just open every game, like, you in. but they're going to cash one of those eventually. I mean, the chances there, I don't, I don't know, I don't think so. All right, so we'll do – I kind of like these bets where we, we both make, like, crazy predict, Not crazy, but, like, you know, plus 300. Like, if we were to bet this at a, at a book, this, picking the exact score and overtime or no overtime would be, like, like plus 500. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to take – I'll take the Canes, and I'll go – Five two. Five two. See, the problem is they've won like every game they've won has been five something. Uh I might be I might be kind of disrespectful of this. Two nothing. Carolina. All right. So we'll leave it at that. Um big game Thursday. So Last thing here, Colin, is we're going to go ahead and go over our predictions. We, we both kind of picked team and number of games in the first round. Um, just to remind everybody at home, uh, one point for getting the team right who advances, two points for guessing the game, the number of games. If you guess the wrong team, but it's the right number of games, doesn't count. Yeah. So I had Canes in five. You had Canes in six. That's a series currently 3-2 Carolina against the Bruins. Um, we'll see. I mean, you're in line. You're in line for a three-point sweep there, if that comes. So we'll see. Here's a – and then – so next we'll go – and here's a series where I felt like we kind of sniffed this out from the beginning. But we, we, weren't, we weren't aggressive enough on it. 
Rangers Penguins, 3-1 Penguins. They play tonight. They're back in New York. Uh, I Both of us had the Penguins in six. They've really kind of exposed what you and I have talked about a lot, at least privately this year. The Rangers, part of what happened is when Panarin was like, yeah, I'll come and play here, that accelerated their rebuild faster than I think they wanted. And then when everybody knew Adam Fox was going to be pretty good, I don't think anybody knew he was going to be like a Norris winner in year two. So I think that's also kind of accelerated. Um, And then like there are a couple like peripheral, like uh, Truba's played a lot better recently. Uh, Keandre Miller's played like the, the, I could see where they squinted and got there and the nature of New York fans in general. They're like, Oh yeah, we're going to win the cup. But you you and I talked about this. What does this team look like? If uh, Chris Kreider, who's in his career, never scored more than 28 goals, isn't a 52 goal scorer. And what happens if um, uh, Shosturkin isn't the best goalie in the world? What if he's just like, fine, what does this team look like? And I think we're seeing it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, part of it's also that Sid Crosby is like willing. uh, He's been on fire. Yeah. But again, if, you know, Shosturkin was, you know, Vesna winning goalie that he was in the regular season, you can at least steal – a couple games and to be fair it's not over but it, it's looking that way would you like can i give you a wesley hot take yeah i think he might be broken i think they need he might be going through a tristan jari he played so well in game one and then was like fine in game two they didn't really test them and then they they went to Pittsburgh and fried his ass. I think that game one where he had, what, 78 stops and then didn't leave with the win, I think he might be a little little shook. I mean, Shosturkin, by the way, one in five in six career playoff games because he lost to us in the bubble. Maybe they don't count that. I would. I don't think he played particularly great. Um... And lost game one, won game two, lost game three, lost game four. So he's one in four. Lifetime in the playoffs. Not great. Yikes. Yeah, that one's... Just something to keep an eye on. Doing. You could pull him out the uh, commentator chair, bring him down for a game. Who? Lundqvist. <laughs> they retired his number too early. That's that's always a jinx. He's already um, there. Come on. Next series: uh, Tampa, Toronto, three-two, Toronto. Game six tonight, right? Yeah. No. Game six tomorrow. Tomorrow in Toronto. I had least in six. You had Tampa in seven. I feel really good about my pick right now. But if it doesn't happen in six, I feel really good about Tampa in seven. Wait, I'm a fool. Game six is in Tampa. Yeah. That might be good for them to get to try to close that not in Toronto. I think I think it definitely takes off some of the pressure, if anything. Yeah. So that looks like 
you might you might have me in a stranglehold coming out of round one. I I pick up a little bit of steam on on the in the West, but um, yeah, you've got like you could hit the Canes for three. We'll tie on Tampa or on the Pens. You could hit Tampa. We both have Panthers in five. That series tied two two versus the Capitals. Capitals really. Um, Again, a quarter of an inch away from being up three one in the series. I yeah, still think one. if if that had happened, I don't know what would have happened in the series. That would have left a lot of questions. But at two two, doesn't it feel like the Panthers w- went out at home and then they just explode in um explode in uh Washington? I don't. He, here's the weird part about Florida is if you look at um, the road record, they're not great. And I'm not saying they're bad, but they're just average. Part of that, too, is that their road record was horrendous for the first third of the season. They were, they had like a – they were like 3-8-2 and two at one point on the road. And it might have been worse than that, but they went – a little bit before they started smoking people on the road too. All I'm saying, and the last game uh, the Panthers won was an OT, which is like their style this year. They got like 30 points from overtime games, and that's not, you know, that doesn't work in the playoffs. Well, yeah, yeah, they're, you don't they're get a losing point. It's over. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I I can I can reasonably see Washington stealing this round I still feel good about the Panthers but that's such an like a heartbreaker too when that happens you know yeah so I, I also hate that it's going to add steam to the fire of the President's Trophy course but whatever so next series I want to talk to you about this one as Preds, that's finished. Av swept. I took the what you predicted. I took the Preds in seven. I picked the Preds with my heart as a sign of love and respect for my friend Chase. I would have, you know, uh, even when I took the pick, I said it would be harder than people thought. I actually think if you walked the series outside of the first period in game one, it was actually like, if Saros had played, it might be a 2-2 series. I mean that seriously. Um, I mean, yeah, Saros not being there, definitely. They're one bullshit thing. goalie interference penalty and Saros away from a 2-2 series. But didn't happen. I was winning four. What, I'm, what I want to ask you for, just like uh, as an act of honor, because I think this is the, the right thing to do. You hit the games. I would not have taken the abs in four. I would have taken the abs in five or maybe six. Instead of taking three, because that's what you're entitled to for the Avs, I think you should take two. Because you hit the games, and I wasn't going to hit the games. I'm, I'm fine with that, but at the end of all this, if we're somehow tied, that's a tiebreaker. Sure. Done. Sure. All right, so next series. Uh, St. Louis Blues, Minnesota Wild. I have the Blues in six. You have the Wild in seven. Blues in six looking pretty good. I think the series might be over. I think the Blues are going to close this out in St. Louis. 
I mean, we'll find out tonight or tomorrow. Fuck, why do I keep saying tonight? Bull, yeah. we'll find out tomorrow. I'm a, you know, Mark Andre is good enough to steal a game. So my hopes aren't dashed, but I'm not going to say you're wrong. Yeah, I don't think he's looked great, honestly. I think he's been. On Mark Andre Fleury is very similar to, I think, the worst version of Freddie Anderson, where he makes these like spectacular saves, and you're like, "Wow!" And he also lets in goals where you're like, "What the hell just happened? Like, what? Why is this happening?" So, it would be nice if that one hit. Next, we have. Uh, Dallas Stars, Calgary Flames, both had Calgary in six. That series is tied 2-2. They play tonight. Did you see the the porn star behind the bench at the Stars game? No. What? So there's this very famous, maybe not, not famous, but it, it, it like trended where there's this like absolute smoke show, but like a porn star, like is a porn star. Um, you dressed like, you know, pretty provocatively. Nothing crazy, like like you could like dress like that in public, but you were also very clearly dressing to be seen, kind of thing. It's like dressing like she was going to the club. Maybe that's the best way to put it. And uh, she's behind the bench and just big set of titties. <laughs> so like, I found out that she is in fact like. She's got like an OnlyFans and an Instagram, and she's actually a hockey fan. She's from Toronto, goes to Dallas. Uh, I think that will be the only thing Dallas fans remember about this series. Yeah. I know they've won those games, and that's really exciting, but I just don't like they It makes me wonder about Calgary long term because they are a one line team. But, like, Dallas is basically selling out everything to stop that line. It's... And that'll eventually stop working. I feel really bad for Dallas, actually. Just because, like, they, you know, they go to the finals like that. And then if any team got hit harder by 2020 slash 2021, like, fuck, Dallas got destroyed by COVID and then that snowstorm. And, like, that's, that's just a rough time. I have to accept and then uh, yeah I don't I mean I'm 97% sure I went Calgary on this anyways but it's, it's going to be unfortunate to uh, not yeah. even get out of the forest probably cost, cost Rick Lewis's job last series here's another one so Edmonton Calgary the refs desperately try to give the game to Edmonton in Edmonton game five uh, did everything in their power. You took Oilers in six. I took Kings in six. Now they're headed back to LA. They're feeling very good. I don't know the status of Victor Arvinson, but they've done all this without Arvinson. They've done all this without Dowdy. They look really good. Deneau has been a pain in the ass. Uh, Follows looked good. Quick. There's been a lot of goal. Quick's had some rough games in the series, but he's played really well. Part of it, like, the, and I think he might be a little banged up. I've read that. I don't know if it's true or not. 
I yeah, think I he's played well. Um, I feel really good about the Kings and six pick too. Just randomly about Jonathan Quick, which is just a crazy stat I read, was when he started in Game Five. That was his ninetieth consecutive start for the Kings in the postseason. What's the that's record? Fucking crazy, like one hundred and thirty-four. But that's one of those records from like the forties. And is 30s. it the Canadians? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. It was like the same. You use the same goalie because that's just what they did. Interesting. It was yeah. That's been a good series. That's been a really good series to watch. The Kings are not going to win the cup. The Kings need a complete rework. But they have so many bad deals. I don't know what they do. Yep. All right. Adios, sir. Bye. Go Kings.